Well, hello, everybody, wherever you are today. It's uh, fantastic to be with you. And um, as we sit or stand, whatever you're doing at home, uh, shall we pray? God, our Father, we thank you for your holy word. And we pray that we may hear you speaking to each one of us today. Open our ears and our hearts to receive your word to us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, it really is good to be here in the church at All Souls and to be part of this online service. And then a little bit later on, an actual service of seeing some real people here in church as well. So it's fantastic to be here opening the doors of church uh, as churches are opening across the country, uh, as well as we're able to gather together in this new way or this old way, but also a new way. I guess if uh, someone had told us at Christmas that we would spend this year three months locked up at home with no sport, no car journeys, no church, no concerts, no flying. Even now, we'd been learning these new skills of things like, you know, how do you put a face mask without your glasses steaming up? And, and uh, you know, how do you kind of have a conversation when you're two meters apart from someone else? We would have found that very difficult to kind of understand and predict. Uh, I guess even now, as the summer carries on and uh, we kind of, we've been out of the lockdown and now we're maybe going back into a kind of partial lockdown, it feels, I think, there's a sense of sort of weariness around a lot of the time at the moment. If you like, the novelty of the original lockdown is beginning to wear off quite a bit. And we're told by people in authority that this may well be lasting for another couple of years. We may not be back to normal, uh, even if we ever get back to normal, uh, for quite some time. In other words, the restrictions we're living under right now are going to be with us for quite some time. We are in for the long haul. We also, we know that we're in a sort of financial crisis as well, an economic one too, which is going to affect many people's jobs and livelihoods too. We are entering into a very different kind of world. It's very disorientating uh, compared to the world we were in even six months ago. Now, what do you do in a crisis? What do you do when everything seems precarious and uncertain? And it seems to me that this is a time when we need to draw on the resources of our faith now more than ever. Because the reality is that the faith that you and I have in Jesus Christ, our Christian faith, has far more resources to help us through this crisis than we ever, ever think. It's a bit like these things that we have, our phones or our computers. A lot of the time, these things can do all kinds of stuff that uh, we don't actually use. I often think, you know, I probably use about 10% of what this phone is actually able to do. It's got so much more in it than actually I'm able to access. And the same is true of our faith. Sometimes we only access just a tiny amount of what our faith can do to help us through difficult times like these. And so now is a time we need to, to, build, to, to, to dig into our faith. And in that context, I've been thinking over the summer, I find myself drawn back to this uh, little reading from uh, the book of Jude that John has just read to us. And uh, I want to just uh, focus for a moment upon that particular reading. And when it starts, it starts with this, this, this phrase, but you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. That was the phrase that struck me as I kind of pondered it. That was the phrase that came to me, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. And it seemed to me that this was a time when God was calling us to do exactly that, to build ourselves up on our most holy faith, to take the responsibility that each one of us has to do that very thing, to build ourselves up on our most holy faith as we face this COVID world, post-COVID world, or whatever we talk, whatever we mean by it. But then it goes on to say a number of things about how we do that, how we build ourselves up on our most holy faith. 
And uh, maybe we can see the screen at the moment that um, shows us some of these headings as we go through and then we can follow it as we, um, we, we, we carry on. So there's the heading, you know, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. It's up to each one of us to take responsibility, to, to dig into the faith, to draw on its resources, to build ourselves up in that faith. Now, we ask this question, how do we do that? Here are four things that this passage says to us as to how we do it. Number one, it says, pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. The Christian life is founded on prayer because prayer is the very thing that gets us into the life of God. It's one of those portals, if you like, that enables us to get into the world that God opens up to us. It's beyond the world that we see. And we're to pray. Now, everybody else in our community around us is coping in whatever way they can. Many people are reaching out to help neighbors, and other people are doing you know, really good things as well. But the one thing that is unique about us as the Christian church is that we are called to pray. And God commands us to pray because somehow he weaves our prayers into his governance of the world. The way he oversees the world, the way things happen, somehow he weaves our prayers just as he does our work and our conversation and stuff that we do. He weaves our prayers into his governance of the world. And so he calls us to pray. And that's the thing that we are to do. Uh, but we're to pray in the Holy Spirit. In other words, we're to try to pray according to the will of God. And so as we start to pray, as we learn to pray, we're to kind of ask the Holy Spirit how to pray, what to pray for. Maybe we're to pray for our neighbors, pray for our friends, pray for the defeat of this virus, pray for those who are working for a vaccine, praying that we may learn the lessons that this virus has for us as a society and as a church. And so this command to pray in the Holy Spirit is an invitation to us to make prayer part of our daily rhythm of life, even more than it is already. So that prayer pulses through our life every day. That prayer somehow is the heartbeat of every day. But we do it almost without thinking as we go through each day. I don't know if you pray every day. I don't know how you pray every day, whether you start the day with prayer, end the day with prayer. That's something that's often said in the scriptures, begin and end the day with prayer. So that every day is bracketed. It begins with connecting with God. It ends connecting with God before you go to sleep at night. It may be that you feel that your prayer life needs a bit of a strengthening, a boost. If you do, you might want to go on to the 247prayer.com website or the Church of England website. It's got some really good resources on how to pray. And maybe now is a time when God is calling us to pray ever more deeply to strengthen our life of prayer. Second thing is, it says that keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. If we had eyes to see it, the world around us is saturated with the love of God. This world emerged out of the love of God. It emerged out of the love that exists between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which is at the very heart of God. It's there, that love for every living being, including you and me. And if you're a Christian, you are someone who's grasped something of God's love for us, shown to us in Jesus Christ. You know it's true. And one of the things we need to do is not just to know that that's true, but to live in that love constantly. So it's a steady presence that stays with us every day. And the problem is, of course, that we so often forget that this world is a world saturated with the love of God. 
We forget that we are deeply loved by God. We forget that every person we meet every day is, 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 is loved by God in that same way. And so that's why this command in the scripture says to us, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in that love. And we need the disciplines of the Christian life to keep on bringing us back to that love. Now, we'll do that in slightly different ways. Now, for many people, it's the regular celebration of Holy Communion. And it's great to be able to be back in church for that. For some people, a little bit later on today. Other people are only able to access that online, but at least that's something. For others, it's maybe contemplative quietness. For others, it's music. And whether that's worship music or whether it's beautiful music that we listen to at other times. Maybe for others, it's listening to sermons online or reading Christian books. For many of us, it's the reading the Bible regularly. We need to find those disciplines in our life, those things that we know will remind us of the love of God and build them into every day. So each day we keep ourselves in the love of God. And we pay attention to those things. We give our attention to God's word to us in the Bible, to what comes to us through worship songs, and what comes to us through kind of online sermons or Holy communion or whatever it might be. Giving attention to the love of God that is there for us every day. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Then the third thing it says, it says, look forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. One of the things that this virus has taught us is it's made us face our own limits and our own mortality. Many of us will have known people who have maybe had the sickness, had the virus and come near to death. Some of us will know people who have died over these past six months or so. And in a way, what this virus has done is it's reminded us that we are not in charge. It's reminded us that we too, even if we know those who have died, that one day that will be us. The death is not something we can keep at arm's length. It's something that comes close to us, especially at times like this. And our Christian faith is one that can help us face the inevitability of death like nothing else. Because our Christian faith enables us to look at death in the eye and know that it's defeated, that it is not the last word. It is not the worst thing that can happen to you. Its power is broken, and the death for the Christian is the gateway into something far, far better. Now again, we need things to remind us of that. And in our Christian history, we've got those things. So, for example, many churches, not this one, but many churches around the country have got graveyards around them. So that as you go into church, you walk past those who have gone before us in the Christian faith. Now, why do we do that? Why do we have graveyards around churches? Well, a couple of reasons. One is because it reminds us of what we call the communion of saints, that we gather together, not just with the Christians who are alive, but those who've gone before us are all together uh, praising God. But also because it reminds us that one day we will be with them too. One day we will die. And so therefore, Christians in the past have often been better at this than we have, remembering our own mortality, remembering that this life for us will not go on forever. And that's why we need to look forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that, that leads to eternal life. And sometimes just pondering that, pondering the reality and the inevitability of our own death puts other problems into perspective. It helps us to work out what matters and what doesn't. I know someone at the moment who very recently received a, a, um, a diagnosis that knows that uh, death is probably going to come their way within the next year or two. And their response to this as a Christian was quite remarkable. They said, well, actually, what this has done is helped me to realize that every single day I have is a gift. 
And I want to live that, that, that every single day with God at the center of it and to make the most of each day that God has given me because it is a gift. It's heightened her understanding of the great gift that this life is. But also contemplating the reality of our own death can sometimes help us remember the resurrection of Jesus and help us to look forward to that without fear and therefore some of the things that face us at other times without fear as well. We can look past those things that maybe frighten us and make us fearful in the present to the hope of eternal life beyond. And then the last thing our reading told us, it tells us to, to have mercy on those who are doubting or anxious. We're aware at a time of crisis like this, there are many people around us who need help because they are doubting or they're anxious or they're fearful. We're all in need of encouragement. We're all in need of mercy. Now that's true for many people inside church. At a time like this when not all of us can actually be present physically in church, it's very easy just to sort of skip church a little bit. Think, well, no one's going to notice if I don't log in on a Sunday morning. Uh, no one's going to really notice if I'm not part of it or if I, you know, just don't really pay attention much as I go along. Uh, but we go to church, of course, and we connect into one another, not just because we receive something from it, but also to encourage others as well. In the book of Hebrews, we're told, you know, it says, it says, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. That's why it's important that we connect into church, not just for our own sake that we gain from it, but we also encourage others uh, as well in whatever way we can, whether it's through the chat on the, uh, on in, in, in service, whether it's just by going to be able to talking to people afterwards about what was going on in the sermon or the worship, whatever it might be. It's important that we connect in for others' sakes so that we can encourage them, not just our own. But it's also true for those outside church as well. I was reading recently that about a third of people in the UK are recording higher levels of anxiety because of the COVID crisis than ever before. And that is maybe true for many of us as well, but that will be true for your neighbours and your friends and your family. There are many who are anxious and doubting. And if our faith gives us the resources to handle this crisis just a little bit better than we would without it, if our faith gives us the resources to manage it better as we build ourselves up on our most holy faith, then that gives us something to reach out to others with and share with them something of the hope and faith and love that we find in Jesus Christ. And so it may be that today the question for you is, who is God calling you to encourage? Who do you know is doubting or anxious, whether inside church or outside church? Maybe today, later on today, is a good day to contact them, send them an email, send them a text, send them a WhatsApp, just give them a call. Just to have mercy upon them and encourage them as they go through this time as well. So that, I think, is Jude's advice for anyone going through a time of crisis. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Take responsibility to build up the faith that you have. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Look forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Have mercy on those who are doubting and anxious. And as we do that together, we will find that our faith is built up and the faith of others is built up. And we can make the most of this opportunity that we have to share the love of Christ with those around us. Amen.